All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, glad to have you on the show. It is Failure TV for October 2018. Uh, this month, my guest is a very unique voice in the Canadian hip-hop community. He has been nominated for a Juno a Genie Award. He's given a TED Talk on hate, and he is a former member of the Sweatshop Union. Please welcome Kiprios. Hey, welcome to the show. Doing? Thank you so much for having me. Thank yeah, you so much. It's a fantastic um, it's a fantastic intro. There's not much to add to that. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's very nice. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so there, we're. This is my home. You're you're at home with me today. So um, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Very well. Uh, very glad to have you on the show. I've been a, a fan for a number of years. Um, probably since about two thousand ninety nine, two thousand probably when I wow. when uh, a buddy of mine uh, turned turned me on to to one of your wow. songs. I'm like, this is phenomenal, and I've I've been a fan ever since. So. Oh wow! Cheers. Thank you so much. No problem. Do you, um, what, do you remember what song it was? Uh, this is my hit. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. Yeah. So like, he just yeah he, he was notorious for for finding new music, and so I, I do have him to, to credit for a lot of music that I still have in rotation these days. Where did you he would always up? be like this, this, this? I'm like, whoa. That's so. great. Now, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in uh, Kelowna, BC, so uh, west coast of Canada here. But I spent 18 years in Calgary, so right. um, that's. Uh, that, that's where I spent most of my time, and I've been back in BC for almost three years now. So excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah it's funny Vancouver and and Victoria, BC, and uh, across our province. Just because I spent so much time here, I found there's a lot of people that that really did dig um, and found underground music. And you know, I was one of those kids too. So, and I'd be the same way that your friend was. Anytime that I was turned on by music, it was just I'd always giving it to people. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got I've got a friend who's who's like that too. My my buddy Hinchy, who lives in Kamloops, and he's always keeping me up with stuff that you know. And I dig for records still, but he'll he'll find things that are rare, and he's still nudging me to to check things out. It's great. I love that relationship with people to have friends. That is awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, I did it a little bit different back in the day, though. I was actually uh, at the time back when I was in school, I was running an illegal underground hip hop server, and it was mostly independent music. So I had a lot of indie artists uploading their own stuff and downloading. So I found people all over North America and all over the world um, that I never would have found otherwise. And I do have to say that um, I did have your album on there for download and it was yeah. quite popular at the time, but um, Sean ended up shutting me down because, you oh. know, putting out that much uh, bandwidth in a day is yeah. not recommended. Right. So, you know, um, ended up shutting it down and, going a little bit more legit. I buy everything through iTunes now. Yeah, me too. It's quick. It's easy. Like, yeah, I don't have to worry about quality. I don't have to worry about viruses. It's just unbelievable. No. I'm the same way. I mean, I, um, I'm, I'm in two record pools online as well. I subscribe to two record pools, but, um, you know, it's funny. iTunes is good, but there's still a lot of like rare stuff that isn't there that you just can't Absolutely. find. Um, so, you know, the, uh, that you can only find on 45s or vinyl or whatnot. So, and I, you know, I just started DJing about a year and a half ago and, you know, it's been a fantastic midlife crisis. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually want to take that somewhere. Um, I have a, a friend um, who I met through that same, same server who's been friends for years and he once uh, 
he, he had given me some music that he, he recorded a long time ago and he once told me to delete it. He's like, you know, get rid of it. Like, you know, that's way, that, that's old history. We don't want that anymore. We want gotcha. the new stuff. I'm like, dude, no, like this is classic. Like, how, how do you feel about like some of the early stuff that, that you worked on in comparison to what you're doing now? Like, do you get that same feeling of this was garbage and, and you know, this is where I am now? Of course. I mean, almost instantly when, when something's released, I look back in, uh, I look back and sometimes disgust going, you know, either what were you thinking or, you know, that that's horrible. And it's funny, you know, sometimes where people are like, oh, I really like that song. You're like, man, how do you like that song? Because um, <laughs> I think we're all very critical of our own stuff. And because as artists, you're, you know, you're working on material all the time. And sometimes, you know, like you're mixing and, and tinkering for so long. And I heard a producer one time say to me, you know, a song is never done. You just walk away from it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely look back uh, at some of the stuff in, in embarrassment or, or just thinking that it doesn't reflect on where I'm at today, but you know, it's all, it's all part of the progression. I don't, there's no regrets. I mean, I, I can look at things and smile because not only is it, is the, the song a signature, but I, 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 the, the memories of creating them or how they came to be are, are woven in there too. So if I listen to my old stuff, I might critically not be that proud of it, but I'll always uh, kind of cherish um, the the process and the and learning the process because you know I can I can really pinpoint where I was in early stuff and knowing what I was going after, not really being able to articulate it, having mm -hmm. these ideas and, and spring to your mind, and you think that you're going to be able to do them justice, but not being not really being able to do them complete justice because you just didn't have uh the tools the the songwriting tools or the producer tools or those things that come with with getting you know as they say your ten thousand hours so yeah. um but yeah i i sure i i i'm embarrassed at some of my old stuff but i also uh it makes me reflect for sure absolutely um that brought up two two completely other topics on the kind of on the same line of thinking there um when you're talking about like not having the right tools and and stuff like that i i've known a few different artists over the years i'm um, not necessarily even in, in music but are like you know i i can't do my thing because i don't have this tool and then you listen back to you know like old wu-tang and stuff like that and you can tell they didn't have like they weren't in a record studio <laughs> they were in somebody's basement yeah, making that sounds this. like shit. That, yeah. that that record really needs to be remixed and remastered um but you know i wouldn't put any polish on it i would just like just clean up the fidelity a little bit because it's yeah. gutter but that's i mean that's part of it too like it's like that sound even the fact that it's so lo-fi you're right they did they didn't know what they were doing but my goodness they 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 kicked a hole in the in the wall i mean they just broke yeah. a wall they broke through a wall it was a, it was massive and, and a sound that they were able to achieve from a basement it was incredible but yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, it doesn't sound great it certainly yeah. doesn't sound great no, it, it it sounds great, but it really doesn't. Like no, at the same time, it's like technically it doesn't. It's the sound, sound of my my teens, yeah. like yeah, yeah. All, all that lo-fi stuff. And then like to hear them now, I think when I heard um, Zarface when when they when yeah, Zarface released their first, it was like a flashback to Thirty Six Chambers, but like really well mixed. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, like yeah. I, I totally got hooked. It, it was the I played that album for like three weeks straight on on loop because it just it brought me so far back and kept me so far forward it was just amazing how they did that so it's really cool to see what you can do with tools that you didn't yeah. have you know 10 15 years right. ago 
Yeah, I love Doom too, man. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> so good. So good. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Now we talked. Uh, you mentioned a little bit part about uh, loving the process. Um, yeah. Now along that and along the same lines of um, you know dealing with you know you like this song, you don't like this song. Um, kind of what is the process um, when you're going through an album? Because you know. You, you don't make those 12 or 14 songs that go on the album. That's it. You know, you, you make a whole bunch and then you pick what you goes on your album. What, yeah. what is your process for that? And like, what kind of involvement does like the label have on that? And how does that affect you? Like, have you ever had that where you really want this song and they're like, no, no, no. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I don't want this song. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. How, how does that kind of work? Okay. Well, I've only did, I've only done one major studio album. Um, and that was Sony say something that had, this is my hit. Everything else that I've done has been um, independently released. And the stuff with Sweatshop, even though we had, uh, we had distribution, there wasn't a, uh, a massive, um, you know, there, there wasn't a massive like A&R uh, working the record, you know. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that. To, to answer the, the first question, is is the the sony record with the some some of the songs that i wanted and they used i mean they signed a guy who had done a spoken word piece right like they they really signed me on the strength of of a of a spoken word piece called hate that you mentioned earlier um and i was an underground rapper who was into slam poetry and i was into acting i was into all this different stuff um and music was was really by far and away my biggest passion like underground hip-hop was was my biggest greatest passion now the people who were my heroes were, um, you know, people that weren't played on the radio. I, I thought the second that you were played on the radio that you were a sellout, that, you know, I, I was really like um, really underground anal and didn't understand too much about one, about the industry. And two, I didn't understand a lot about songwriting. I didn't understand the, you know, there's a formula, there's ways to subvert a formula, um, you know, so when I started, Sony gave me a demo deal. So I went out there and worked with this, uh, this guy who never produced hip hop. And uh, his name is Togs, and he's gone on and done incredible things in the Canadian music industry. But it's not hip hop related. So he was a great guy and he had a, he had a great ear. But uh, you know, we were writing these songs and they'd be like, you know, you gotta shorten up the intro, you gotta shorten this or do that. You gotta get to the hook quicker. And I'm like, you know, as an artist, these music, this music and these songs become like your children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're never going to fault your child if, you know, if they talk with a lisp or if they've got, if they're pigeonholed or, you know, pigeon toed or, or, um, you know, their, their feet, one foot's bigger. It's just like, they're your children. You know, you like them with, with, with how they are. And that was the same thing with music. I had a very difficult time trying to go back in and, and, and change, make the changes that they wanted. Um, in terms of singles and rollout, they were, they were the ones that were really choosing, um, making those calls for me. Um, for me, I, uh, I, you know, that record came out right in the midst of, of LimeWire and people downloading all the time and people like you who had sites that would yeah. <laughs> album be downloaded for free. So, and what happened was Sony and BMG merged and I was signed to Sony, but they merged, but BMGs, all their label heads and presidents took over and everybody from Sony was really let go. So mm -hmm. the president, my A&R, the guy who's doing marketing, the person, the people that were working my songs at radio, that was it. 
So I I had three songs they were they were building to. Now this is my hit was me was a kind of a fuck you to the label um, because they were telling me you know do this and that with the song and I was like this is what I kind of think of the industry and the, this process and it was a bold decision to me. I didn't even think it was going to be a single or a song or whatever. I was just like give me some space. This is what I think of of this industry and it was bold and they liked it which was so they led with it and you know it wasn't going to do a ton of uh stuff on radio but we did uh we came up with a clever concept for a video and and it did well but um there was a song on there called never say goodbye that was made really like was going to be a radio song and it ended up having a life of its own but midway through my my cycle um i got frozen they froze the record as as bmg took over so my record came out in june and it was you know i think there was a plan for about six months of, of touring and videos and, and and uh pushing and in about four months or five months through um that that change occurred so um the song that they were really big on never got a proper push um so, was, and it's a great song too <laughs> yeah you know and it was and it was written from me from my point of view it was written from a good place i'd lost a friend and i'd become a little bit uh i was in new york like feeling sorry for myself somehow and i'm in a studio writing with this with this big producer uh who ended up producing that and i'm like dude you know and i just lost a friend and i just thought uh man you're you're being selfish and you're not you're not really looking around at how how good you have it right now and uh, i was thinking about him and and i wrote that song um so it, it didn't get a push but with sweatshop union it was it was a committee so and sweatshop was was made up essentially of four different subgroups and i was one of those groups it was myself then it was dirty circus which was medi and mo innocent bystanders was mo and uh and steve and pigeonhole which was creative minds initially was was colin and lee um so you know we would bring songs to one another and be like yes or no you know, there's some stuff, um, there's some great stuff from United We Fall and Water Street that just ended it up on the editing room floor because, because you know, um, we had so much material. But, um, but yeah, they, you know, they, it was good. It, it was a good way to do it because, you know, if your ego can get in the way of doing justice or doing, delivering a truth from your work because, you're in an echo sound chamber when you've got six other seven other musicians in and around you they're going to level with you because it's their name on that record as well so you know sometimes you'd be frustrated um but i think our body of work especially united we fall i think is my favorite record um but there's not a lot of fat on on you know on that record there's not a lot of you know it's a pretty it's a pretty good record and it was really like the beginning of when pigeonhole who are still doing incredible things when they started to break out and shine um because you know on the, the the record previous i think they were disappointed with with what they'd put on on natural progression and then you know united we fall they come in and they've got you know two of my favorite songs were were the first songs that any of us heard and we're like they really stepped their game up they really uh um, put themselves on a map and and were doing their own production and uh yeah they 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 were great so we knew that those songs were were bangers immediately and and now i mean yeah for, for now uh 
you know, I'll ask, I'll ask people or sometimes it's like, you have a great song, but it doesn't fit on, on an album. You know, it, there, it's like a puzzle. And I don't know if I'll make another album to be quite honest. Um, like I might just continue to, to, to release things as, as they come up because, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you'll have a piece that you really like, but it just, it does not fit in, in the puzzle of that album. Um, so, you know, you really, at least for me, I want it, just want something that's got cohesion, um, you know, uh, well, throughout. that in these days, yeah. more, more people buy singles than, than anything else. So, you know, do, mm -hmm. do you really want to put the time into putting together an album that people are only going to listen to like three or four songs off of? Well, I mean, and then, you know, what's the shelf life of, of an album or a song these days anyways? Yeah. You know, it's just, an, uh, you know, people might listen to the album once and then, as you said, pick, pick a couple of songs they want, put them on their playlist and that's it. You know, like, uh, it, it's not it, not the way that we would would carry around our albums right you know tapes in our walkman and listening all the way through to, yeah. to our favorite tapes and the order which they were supposed to be listened to right yeah. people that's gone as well people yeah. have, you it's know. i don't you know even in the older days like uh, i had some problems more with the um like the studio releases and stuff because i felt like some of the albums were sometimes thrown together or not done cohesively like, like you had said so there's yeah. very few albums even from my teen years that i will listen to the entire thing like snoop dogg's doggy style is still one of those albums that i can listen from start to finish that Hell entire yeah. album yeah and it's just like what the album's done like that was like two songs wasn't it yeah. so when I find albums like that, even today, like the first time I heard Midnight Sun, like I listened to two samples on iTunes and I just bought the entire album. I'm like, okay, I'm, I was hooked on those first two. And oh, I still listen to that like right, like month or last Monday. Um, when we're at work, we uh, I'm, a, I'm a remote worker, so we use uh, communication and we're always sharing music. Like, here, yeah. here's your Monday starter playlist. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have dropped your <laughs> your uh, Bandcamp link more times than I can count. Me like this is wow. your Monday playlist, guys. You, so, what uh, yeah. what song what songs do you like from that record or any? Oh, High and Fidelity is yeah, by like far one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, like, but like the the uh, Lap Dog, just oh my god, Eric, like yeah, the way you put everything together and the way it flows together and the way it starts. Um, I, I had no idea that um, that first song, the name is escaping me that right now. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was actually f kind of from, from your Ted talk there. Um, yeah, that's and right. I had when I realized that it was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. Now I had that, I had that song earlier on in the, in the album and it's something that I'd worked on. I mean, that song took forever to make because oh, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, it was just, I mean, the song is, is, uh, I've layered, I, 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 over a hundred vocal tracks. So I had to layer a beatbox and a, a layer, you know, bass line and, and, and then all of these different harmonies and doubling things up. It, uh, it took forever. It took forever, but it was really builds beautifully. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They, they, they did, they did great with, uh, my, uh, my homie Doug engineered and uh, helped produce uh, the first half. And in the second half, we, we did, uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work, but it was that, yeah, I like that one. I like, I like that. I like that, that tune still. Yeah. yeah, well, it was a great way to kick off an album, like just to just kind of start it off, and then it just builds and builds, and then just drops it, and it's just like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> bye now. 
That's awesome. Well, I'm really happy. That's exactly the the result that we would, I was hoping to get. So yeah, it's good that it landed. Absolutely. And, and I'm happy to, to keep it in my, my playlist regularly. I'm actually going on a four and a half hour flight tomorrow to, to New York and uh, oh, really? it's in, <laughs> in my flight playlist. So oh, what are you doing in New York? Uh, actually going there for, for work. We're uh, doing an event down there to, to meet with people and uh, have some meetings, uh, talk about their businesses, uh, small business coaching kind Excellent. of stuff. So how long are you going to be there for? Uh, only a couple of days, unfortunately, but uh, I also get to meet uh, a friend of mine that uh, I've only known online. We've had Google Hangouts. We've met each other, but we've never met in, in person. So it's, yeah. it's going to be great. He was actually the first guest uh, of my show when I, when I first started at Nikita. <laughs> oh, sick, dude. Yeah, have it's going to be pretty New, awesome. Have you been to New York? Not yet. No, this will oh, be my first time. Man. My gosh. I love it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I hear from everybody. <laughs> That's the Brooklyn Bridge right behind me. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I was actually going to ask what, what that photo <laughs> yeah. was later. So that's yeah. even better. I'm, I'm hoping because I'm not sure exactly where I'm staying. So I got to kind of figure figure out what, what's around me. But having a, a friend come who lives there is oh, going to make it a lot easier for, okay. for the evening we're spending together to find some, some cool stuff to do. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's gonna be pretty awesome, minus the the flight time. But that's why you always have good music. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, if you get a chance, maybe uh, if you guys are in the LES, uh, hit up the New Eurekan. Um, it's a artisan bar, and and uh, they do spoken word nights and music nights there. And you'll, uh, yeah, I mean that's where I, you know, won that slam with hate. But uh, every time I'm in New York, I always go back to the New Eurekan. Um, it's a cool little spot. Good to know. Drink, yeah, 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 yeah. But he'll, I'm sure he'll, or they'll have some spots for you. So, excellent. Yeah. Now I want to go back a little bit to something that you said uh, earlier when you were talking about, you know, you making something and it's kind of like your baby, your your yeah. child. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a very common saying these days uh, in business, anyway, that's um, sometimes you have to kill your babies, and you know, meaning that sometimes you have to take that thing that you love and kill it off to get on to the next thing without, uh -huh. you know, going stagnant stuff. Um, has there ever been a time that, or that you can remember anyway, that you should have killed the baby that you kept and it just kind of went wrong? Like, have you had any experiences like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, for sure. I, you know, hanging on to things, fighting for things that, that, um, you know, you should let go of, um, it, it, it's hard to do because in the time it's so personal. So it's so personal that you, you've, you've got these emotional attachments to it that, mm -hmm. that make it, um, make it surreal. Um, yeah. Uh, musically. What? Yeah. Is there yeah. like anything that you do when you have to do that to kind of help yourself move on from it or to, to make it hurt less, like to, to try and disconnect from that uh, emotional attachment? Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I think as, as an artist, uh, you know, in the finished product, when, when, you know, like the, you, you get negative YouTube comments or you get, you get haters, you know, it, that stuff is, is, is hard and it's tricky. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that being also from being an actor, you, you really develop a thick skin because, you know, you go in, you audition, you're like, I, you put so much work and time and effort into it. And you think, think that you're really right for the part and then you don't hear anything back. And you're, you're literally like your phone is, you're looking at your phone every two minutes, every five minutes, just going, oh, but, you know, is my agent going to call? Am I going to get this? Am I going to get this? Um, and so you're dealing with, with uh, 
a sense of loss. I mean, all of the time of having to be able to, to get up and get over it in order to get back into the room and, and, and audition for something else. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that I, I have a fairly thick skin now. Uh, I did, I did care a, a lot more earlier in life about, about, uh, people's opinions and their feelings. And, um, as, as I've matured, uh, it, it matters less and less to me, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if there's anything that is, if there's a song that I worked too hard on or, or I fought for too much, or I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, if, if there's anything, you know, I, there's certainly things that I would have done differently, but I don't know if, if, if song selection or, or being stringent and, and like trying to stick to the guns of a song is one of them. Um, yeah. That's maybe, fair. Yeah. Maybe that's my tragic flaw. <laughs> I'm oblivious <laughs> to it. All right. Well, let, let, let's ask this. What is your, like, wh when you think of failure, what, what is your definition of failure? What would you consider a failure on your part? Oh, on my part? Well, I guess it's somebody who tries something and, and they, they fail and then they don't try, they don't try again. That, that to me is, is, is failure. I mean, because you can, you can try to, you know, try to, to, hit a jump shot from, you know, from the free throw line and it might not go in, but it's, if you, if you keep picking up the basketball and keep shooting it, you're, you're eventually going to land some and hit some. Um, but you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to, to define it, to define it. I, I truly think it's when you've, you've given up on something. I don't, I don't look at people who've gone out in music and like, yeah, they sold 3000 records. It's the, the records of failure. It's like, well, not necessarily, not yeah. necessarily, I, you know, uh, it, it's a failure because it may resonate with people. And, you know, I was of the mind when I was young that the people that I really looked up to were like, I really loved AC alone and Dell, the funky homo sapien and Farrell Munch and Prince Poe. And like, I, and I thought those guys all had Lamborghinis and Ferraris because everybody <laughs> that I knew thought that they were cool too and had their records and then you know you start meeting some of these people and you're like what like Dell was living with his mom I was like what you live with your moms dude I mean and and you know but they were making the music that I had the most kinship to so it's not necessarily you know um just record sales I mean it's it's just it's resonance I think it's relativity and resonance so you know I, I think my biggest failures or shortcomings were not paying enough attention to um, the other side of the ball, the other side of the coin. I mean, the one side of the coin is being an artist. The other side is being when you're independent is is the business side and the marketing side. And, you know, I think that I failed to, to put in the proper time and neglected uh, a lot of that uh, to my own detriment because I had no passion for it. And you know, generally an artist's fuel is passion. And then, you know, you, you can go eat nothing and you can eat gross food and not have anything to drink, but, but you're, you, you keep pushing forward because you're doing that, which you love and, you know, the business and marketing and looking at numbers and potential territories that, that your song's getting played in or more people are, are buying or downloading it. You know, it's like, it's numbers. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that, that I certainly could have done a better job of paying attention to, to those things. 
Um, and you know, and that's a lack of, of, of effort. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like how you mentioned that, uh, <clears throat> when, when you were younger, you kind of had a, a different outlook on that as well. And I think yeah. that's uh, a very common thing in, in terms of failure that, um, how people perceive it from when they're young, well, failure and success in, in general, um, not just failure, you know, how you perceive it when you're younger versus how you perceive it when you're older. Like when we're younger, you know, um, success is all about being rich and famous or, you know, being, being that. And then as you get older, you realize that, you know, all that stuff that your parents had might not have been a bunch of total crap about it's the people and it's the experiences that you, that you have that are what make life what it is. And it's yeah. like, Oh, wow. Yeah, no, you were right. And, like you said, you spend all that time working on something just because you're passionate about it. And yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's the hardest part. Cause you know, you look at a lot of people who are famous now that were never famous when they were live. Like, absolutely. Um, like who's got to cut his ear off my brain's going to, yeah. Like he, he was never popular. Like yeah. it wasn't until he was dead, but no. you know, I would love to see, you know, what he would think these days about what people think of his art now, like, uh, of what, what he didn't know back then, like how that would possibly change who he is too. Yeah. 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 And his self-perception and his self-worth and uh, exactly. Yeah. I, you know, it's true. It's very true. I think, uh, you know, I think that art is like a true, a true artist in, 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 in those days and, and even now, it's like, you know, when religious people, they'll take, they'll take a vow of chastity or poverty and it's a vocation, right? And I think that, that to be an artist is, when I was a young man, it was a vocation, you know, in the sense that didn't really didn't matter what, what money was, was coming through from it. Um, it didn't really matter uh, if something was going to be on the radio, um, or popular, it was, it mattered that, that it was good, that it was, you know, that it was resonated, that I felt good about it, that, and hopefully it would, it would find an audience. Um, you know, things change as, as you do get older. I mean, you know, you get married, I, I'm married and I have a child and it, you know, it's one thing for me to be, a, you know, a vocational soldier to, to this art. Um, when it's just me, because it's just me who's who's living in in poverty, or it's just me who's who's you know struggling to get to get a month, or or you know it's just me. But when you've got dependents, um, then then it's different. Then you know then then it's really different. And you know the the, the things that that I would have classified as selling out when I was seventeen or eighteen years old, I have no you know I don't frown at, you know, I don't pass judgment. I just don't or cast aspersions on anybody else now because I don't know. I only know what my hustle is and what, you know, what it, what it is and what it does to take, um, to, to try to raise my child and, and, and provide for the family. Like that's so that certain things that I may have said no to, um, in my younger days, um, I would probably be able to find a way to justify if I felt that it was fair, fair work. And, you know, it's not if, if I have artistic freedom to do something, then then I'll do it. I'll do it if it's right. And if it's fair and if I believe in it, I'll do it. But, you know, I uh, it's funny. I had an opportunity when I was with Sony. Budweiser offered a bunch of money. To, they were putting singles for different artists uh, in like 
12, 12 packs or 15 packs or something. And they're like, yeah, we want to put one of your songs. It's like, I don't want to have any association or affiliation with, with your brand. And, you know, looking now, it's just like by hook or by crook, you want people to, to hear, to, you know, to get it into the ears of, of listeners that could potentially be new fans. Yeah. But then I'm like, no, I do not want the association with, with an alcohol product. And, you know, we, we turned down Benson and Hedges tours for a while. Um, then eventually we couldn't anymore because, you know, we, we realized we needed the exposure. I mean, we, we did a run with the Black Eyed Peas that was, a Benson, was sponsored by Benson and Hedges. We did a run with, with Swollen that was sponsored by, by uh, a tobacco company. Um, you know, that, I, that didn't sit well with me. But at the same time, as somebody that was part of a group and that we were trying to, to, to get up and get over on, it was, you know, it, it, was, it was something that we needed to do at the time. So totally understandable, right? I mean, it is, or it's, you know, or if people, again, you know, if people have feel a certain way about it, I can't control that. I can't, I was just, you know, we were just trying to, as I said, get our name out and just get in front of people that they could potentially, uh, connect to our music. Absolutely. And I think one thing that you probably wouldn't have thought about at, at that time either was, you know, um, people may perceive you one way just seeing that, but then after they hear you and understand you and get to, you know, know you and listen to some of your lyrics and stuff, you know, that presents in a whole different way. And that could have totally counteracted everything that, that they saw. But, you know, things that you don't think about until, you know, you look back on things and go, you know what, like, possibly could have done that, but you know, how, how could I have done it in a different way? And, yeah. you know, um, I, I really like that you didn't want to do things with that because of the the type of brands that they were. Yeah. Um, there's a, a little phrase that I love and it's just be impactful and I actually want to get it tattooed right on my wrist here. So I always remember, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, small, big, yeah. you know, if you're working at Wendy's scraping the grill or, you know, working, a hundred thousand dollar job be impactful yeah in what you're doing like make a difference even if it's a small difference uh, yeah. you can't change the world but you can make a dent that's right, right. no that's great I, yeah i really like that and appreciate that and again things like that resonate with me even more because i've got i'm trying to teach a daughter the the, the right ways uh to walk through this world and yeah. i think that that you know i'm an effort guy you know it's just like you remember in math you could you could plug something into a calculator or figure out, you know, a fraction, but the math teacher wanted you to show your work, how you got there, how you arrived at that answer. Yeah. Um, you know, you could just copy the answer from somebody else, but you, if you couldn't show your work, you weren't going to be able to, you, you, you know, you weren't getting the, the, the check mark. And I'm a big fan of, of seeing that work. So, you know, I'm an effort. I've always been an effort guy when I, when I put my mind to something and, um, and, uh, you know, I just hope that uh, that that she she sees that as well. And it's the same thing that you're saying about about making an impact, um, uh, you know, is is putting in an effort, putting in an honest effort uh, mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And I especially think that we, we need that these days. There's just way too much, way too much bad shit all over the place. Yeah, there really like, is. We, we need more happiness. We need more smiles. We need more honesty. Mm -hmm. we, we need more impact. And it, it, it's, it's kind of mind boggling how easily hate spreads and love does not. It's like, true. It's, it's very strange. And, and I kind of think that your spoken word piece is, is if not more valid now than it was when I first heard it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny that I thought that even at that point that um, the race issues were were dissipating, that that uh, things were were getting better until you know, and uh, the Black Lives Movement really showed me uh, how little things have progressed, and um, yeah, if and you know what what's seemingly going on in the United States is is things are even more divisive now than they've been in in many years, and it's, and it's more open. I think that things were still quite divisive. It just wasn't um, brought up and spoken about. And I think the people that were uh, um, in poverty and the you know the people that didn't have the power and the voice they 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 just weren't being heard. And now there's platforms where you're able to see it. I remember going to play in Miami. Have you ever been to Miami? I uh, I think I went when I because I went to Walt Disney World and everything when I was a kid. Yeah. And yeah. we did a bunch of touring down down in Florida. So I'm pretty sure we stopped there, but I was like six. So I, I really don't remember <laughs> everywhere we went. We came in from uh from the airport and I don't know which way we came in, but at some point around the highway, um you could see it was really like hard done by um you know, really, really like decayed, uh, urban living. And, uh, you, you know, like you wouldn't want to live there and quite literally two or three minutes down the road where the places where people had chant, like water channels to the water, like, and yachts out front. And it looked like, you know, puff videos. Um, and it, it was the way that we came in. Like you couldn't, you couldn't even get into the city without traveling through that that really harsh part. And you you really saw how divided that that city was. One thing you'll notice in New York is that, yeah, man, there's tons of different classes and there's tons of different races there. But because of the nature of the way that it's set up, is you know, everybody's kind of on the train. Everybody's shoulder to shoulder, side by side. You know. And there's something to be said about that, you know, of it, you're not being able to see that somebody's got a, a Bentley or, or this or that. This is you're you're together, you're you're packed in, you, you really have to kind of um, be, you know, be sensible about your space and be, you know, because there's other people around you all the time of different walks of life. And I, you know, I like that. I like that when you, you know, you're all in it together and you know new york swells up like a, everybody comes in from the boroughs and then they go out it's just like it, it breathes every day it's, it's going in and out right and uh and it's cool it's it, it's got an energy and a vibe and uh you know everybody kind of comes into manhattan and works and, and does their thing and then a lot of people go home but they're all together and i found in miami i was, was like wow they're that's really divided and i think yeah shit is 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 divide more divisive now than ever and at least in my lifetime that i that i can remember yeah absolutely and it's really sad kind of when you when you see that when you can see that divide and you know you just want people to to come together more and be like come on let's uh, let's help each other out. Like we, yeah. we both benefit. We both, we're, we're both going to win this one. So it's, yeah. uh, it's definitely a very tough thing to see. Um, I've seen a, a similar kind of thing. Like when I was in LA for an event and I walked three blocks 
in in the wrong direction and all of a sudden i was in like it, it was still like city streets and everything but there were there were tents everywhere like lining the streets of homeless people right. and they came in every night at five after all the businesses shut down they set up their tents yeah. first thing in the morning they packed everything up and left so the businesses could open and it's just like you know three blocks that way it's all skyscrapers and and beautiful buildings and, and bentley's and it's like yeah Holy geez, like you take the, the wrong turn down the wrong street and it's it's night oh, and yeah. day. I mean it's like the downtown east side of Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And that's that's been here and it's been an epidemic and people are dying. We just did a fundraiser uh two weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if you uh know an artist named Manic, but uh you I know yeah. So he, you know, there's so many fentanyl overdoses that we did uh that we did a gig uh to try to raise some money and raise some awareness and uh but yeah, man, people people are struggling out in uh, in the downtown east side for sure. Um, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, Hard it's out here uh, it's pretty crazy everywhere. And you know, I think that's one thing that um, people will consider a failure or, or help them stop doing what they're doing is um, they're they're at that point where you know they have tried a couple of times, but now they're at the point where they think, you know what? Well, I just I just can't do this anymore, and and they give up as opposed to keeping keeping that going. And I think I think that's the the thing that people need to work on more is, you know, try once, try 10 times, try 200 times, because if you only tried one to five, you know, you probably didn't give it enough of a chance uh, to keep going. Um, for those people, I think this will be a great, great uh, finish here is uh, for those people that are kind of in that uh, mentality, you know, what, what is some advice that you give anybody that's, you know, kind of stuck at that point or about to give up? What would you tell them to try and keep them going? Well, I think if it is, you know, if I'm speaking to somebody who's an artist, I look at it as um, if the flip side of, of, of something really negative, but of, of somebody fighting for their life is when you get somebody who's faced with a, with a uh, cancer, you know, the, there's, there's a couple of ways to go if, you, if you're having to deal with that. And I've seen it in, uh, in my family and, and with friends and, you know, we've all been affected by it by, at some point, but it's the, the people that are like, I am going to be uh, very aggressive so aggressive. I, I'll try this or holistic medicine. And I, I you know, I'm going to look after myself and my, my diet will change. And the people that are like reading and talking and, and, and going after it, uh, they, they do what they can to really rid themselves of, of that, um, to get, to get rid of cancer. I think artistically, if you want to get up and get over and, uh, and get out there that you must treat it as though it is the same thing but in a positive and a beautiful way. Uh, the, the counter of something like cancer is, is you know, of, of you trying to be able to believe and, and get your passion out. But you must be aggressive and you must not just, you know, keep doing the same thing that you, you've done. If, it, if it's not working, you can get better at it. But, uh, you know, um, application in other areas, you know, the, the thing for me that, that really helped was, as I was a spoken word poet, an actor and a musician. And all I, all I knew is I loved the, all of those things, but it was just like, you know, there's people that rock climb and they get really techy, like a two finger hold or whatever. I looked at it as just like, I just wanted to get up the mountain. And, you know, if this limb happened to be music and, and this limb was, was poetry and my feet were, uh, were acting, whatever, one was going to pull the other limbs up. They were all connected, though, those, those three things that I was focused on. 
people today are far more savvy with multimedia. So, you know, there's, there's people like artists are blown, blow my mind. It's like, oh yeah, I produced it. I engineered it. Uh, I did the cuts on it. I wrote the song. I actually directed it on my camera phone. It's like they can do so much. It's just, and though all of those things help, they all help. So, you know, if, if you're getting, if you're getting dusted at one place, it's just like an application somewhere else that, that can essentially help. But uh, I think being aggressive is, is very key. And by that, it's, it's reading, inundating, stage time, getting your 10,000 hours in uh, and really treating it like it's, it's, it's something that you need to get out. So that's, that's my advice. That was awesome advice. I, I love that. It's such a great analogy, uh, especially like uh, with the the three different things, because yeah. um, some people will just focus on, on one thing. But there, like you said, there's a lot of people, especially these days, that are focusing on a whole bunch of different things and, and doing a lot more. So it 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 definitely uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely hit the nail right on the head. And it's an effort too. You know, even if it's something that's not related, um, you know you you always are finding like little things when you're when you're putting effort in like if you've tried really hard like and even if it if it doesn't work out the the, the way that you intended uh, again looking at back at some of the music that i made that that uh that i might not be that proud of i'm still happy because i know how much effort i that really went in you know and and i i look back at things too if it's like if, if the effort was was right and i you know you know i really tried hard i don't I don't, I don't look back begrudgingly. That's awesome. So awesome. Kiprios, thank you so much for, right. for coming on the show. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, stop it, man. Thank you very much. And I, yeah, that just tickles me that, uh, that the midnight sun is going to come with you to New York and that you get to play it for the fellas. So I, that's, that's great, man. Thank you so much for the support and for having me. No problem. Thank you again. Uh, for those of you watching and listening at home, uh, that's it for this month. We will see you again next month. Have Cheers. a great time. Easy.